that shit man this is king known uncensored we're gonna call this game two batman all right man check this out so it's been a lot of debates about who's the real batman on the milwaukee bucks this actually really is a debate i mean some people are just stupid and um some people are just born dumb you know, I don't like to call my fellow black people dumb, but some of y'all niggas is really fucking dumb. Like, cats like Kendrick Perkins and, you know, and I'm disappointed in Steven Jackson for agreeing with Kendrick Perkins that Middleton's the real Batman. You know, I expect that out of Perk, but not out of Captain Jack, a player who I loved as a player. I mean, I liked all the smoke. You know, until they got exposed, but we're not going to get into that. But I'm just saying, though. Yana showed y'all who the real Puff Daddy is. Yes. The Milwaukee Bucks came home to do exactly what I said they would do. Which is win. But I ain't know they was going to whoop they motherfucking ass, though. I ain't know it was going to be like that. Because the first half was very, very close. It was very tight. Very tight. Very tight in the first half. But then, all of a sudden, Giannis took off. And so did Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday had a really good game. Chris Middleton had a decent game. You know, Batman was doing his job being the third option. As he's supposed to be. That's what Middleton is. He's a third option or a second option on a basketball team. He's Scotty Middleton. Or should I say Larsa Middleton? <laughs> Chris Benoit. You know what I'm saying? 
But Antipo Negro, one of the best players in the world, I should say. 41 points, 13 rebounds, and 6 assists. Are you not entertained? Because I sure was. I know a lot of y'all hating ass, dick sucking, faggot ass, pussy niggas is mad. Because your favorite player or your favorite team didn't make it to the finals. It's boring. If you're a real true NBA fan, you would love to see new champions every year. New chances for new players to receive some hardware. To add some parity to the fucking league. I'm sick of the seeing Steph and LeBron every fucking year. I want some new cats. I mean, I'm glad Anthony Davis won a championship, even though it was a fake championship. I was glad to see that. I love that for AD. And that's why I want to see Giannis get this ring this year. I mean, if Chris Paul and Devin Booker get a ring, that'd be great too. That's good for the game. Chris Paul establishes himself amongst maybe the top five to seven point guards in NBA history if he hasn't done that already. And Devin Booker establishes himself amongst the elite young basketball talents of the league. And if Giannis wins, he has a ring on his legacy. No matter what happens the rest of his career, he has that championship. And that's what I, who I really want to win, to be honest. But I don't care who wins this series because my heart is not in this series because, shit, both my teams at the crib and have been... <laughs> they are lottery bound this year. And I'm hoping we have some good drafts. But um, anyway, Drew Holiday, 21 points, 9 assists. Man, he showed up today. He is the true number two. Drew is number two. Bobby Portis finally showed up to the party because I that nigga was on the motherfucking milk carton. He hadn't done shit this series. He only averaged three points a game. Tonight, he had 11 points and eight rebounds. There's something about that Milwaukee crowd that gets Bobby Portis all into the game. Mind you, in every series except the Nets series, um, the Bucks have had home court advantage. I think. Yeah, the Bucks had home court advantage in every series except the Nets series and the finals. So, I mean, all Milwaukee really has to do is protect home court, which I think they will. I had Bucks in six, and I'm not hiding from my pick. I had told people time and time again, Milwaukee was not going to go down to 3-0. They weren't. Milwaukee was going to make this shit competitive. And Giannis Antipo Negro was going to show his ass. It was up to the rest of his team to do so. Middleton had 18. Brooke Lopez had 11. Five niggas in double figures. That's not bad. So shout out to Milwaukee for holding down home court and winning 120 to 100. This is just what championship basketball is really all about. Now, being the Phoenix Suns, ooh, it was a rough night. Even though they had five uh, niggas in double figures, even Maxwell had the play of the night, which was a dunk on P.J. Tucker. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> nigga Maxwell. Cameron Johnson had 14 points. Um, Chris Paul had his usual 19 and 9. D Book. Oh my God. This is the worst game I've ever seen Devin Booker play. He only had 10 points on 3 of 14, shooting 1 of 7 from 3. I don't think he's going to have another game like that. But Drew Holiday put the lock on that boy tonight. He couldn't do nothing. He couldn't move nothing. DeAndre Ayton had a good game. 18 points, 9 rebounds. Jay Crowder was 6 of 7 from 3 tonight. 18 points. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough as... Uh, last game's game two hero Michael Bridges only had four points and only attempted four shots. But tonight I have another version of my new segment, 10 verses. And yes, we're going to challenge. We're going to uh, channel into a legend, a top 10 all time rapper. A guy who's arguably a top three, top five, I say a top five lyricist of all time. We're going to channel into what I view. Notice the context. My view on the 10 best Rakim verses. The God Allah MC. Now, we're going to get into it because, you know, 10 verses is a long segment. All right. Number 10. This was on uh, an Eric B. and Rakim album. I know I know I'm not going to have many Rakim solo albums because I don't know any Rakim solo. I mean, I, I mean, I know about the 18th letter album. I know that's a classic and shit, but none of that shit made it because Rakim is already a legend. So it's hard to, like, pick... What's the best over his classic shit with Eric B? But the number 10 position was on a song called Pastor Grenade. And this is a very underrated Rakim song. It was on the uh, album called um, Don't Sweat the Technique. And yes, Don't Sweat the Technique did not make it onto this list. Like, no verse from that record, but... Um, Pastor Grenade, um, this was the last verse on the song. And this is Pastor Grenade on, uh, Don't Sweat the Technique. What year did this come out? I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was 91. Oh, Jesus. Damn. Still rock him nice. All right, let me, I'm going to play that verse. Uh, number 10, Pastor Grenade. <laughs> Listen to this motherfucker, man. This nigga was nasty. Album cut, but damn that 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 song could be used for action movies. 
Um, on the same album, the number nine Rock Him verse. The number nine Rock Him verse is um on the same album as Don't Sweat the Technique. It's called The Punisher. And this is another song where let me tell you something. This is rap right here. This is rap in its purest form. This is lyricism at its highest form. And you will respect the man known as Rakim, okay? You will respect William Griffin III, nigga. On my mama and them. That song, Mary Had a Little Fucking Lamb. Let's move to The Punisher, verse 3. You know, this nigga Rakim never had no fucking hooks on these songs, bro. And was still killing. But let's go with it. Motherfucker said, I got an MC mausoleum so you can see him. What? <laughs> Dog. That nigga Rakim used to snap, bro. That nigga is disgusting. But the number eight verse is a little different look for, for, for Rakim. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, bro. This is a different look for Rakim altogether. On the 1991 House Party 2 soundtrack, um, Rakim had a song called What's On Your Mind. Now, Rakim wasn't necessarily known at the time for female records, but Rakim not only adjusted, but showed a whole nother level and a whole nother depth to his, you know, repertoire. Because we don't rock him nice, but, you know, to see him cater to the women and all that, that was a good look for dogs. So I'm going to play the third verse on What's On Your Mind. That's the name of the song. It was on the House Party 2 soundtrack. <laughs> Smelling like this clay I sat out and got comfortable and watched the hospital. 
next to me and said, what's up with you? I got the feeling, the sexual healing, and mental healing, and how you feeling? She caught the effect and said she feel the same. Could you massage my intellect and stop the pain? Cause I is yearning, the fire is burning. Your heart consists a lot you're learning. Now I'm ready to explore your inner world. It takes a long time for some just preventing, girl. Take it easy, cut off the TV, cut off the lights, use your mind to see me. Use your physical form and from hard to find. That's how I know what's on your mind. That's how I know what's on your mind. I was acting like I was at the I was actually at the crib just listening to the damn song and shit. But yeah, we're gonna move on to number seven. Number seven was on a song released in 2002. Yes, yeah, a little bit later, but Rock Kim still had it in 02. Believe me, we got a couple joints on this list from 02. We can't, it's unforgettable. Trust and believe. This song was on the Eight Mile soundtrack and it was called, it was self-titled. It was called Rakim. But the nigga was using his name as an acronym and shit. But we're going to go to that third verse. Yeah, I know. You know, Rakim had a lot of, he was a, he was always great on that third verse because, you know, he had to go last if he was on a record with two other niggas. You know, Rakim can't go first because them other Two verses ain't gonna hold no weight. You better have Hove or, or even with Hove. Be like, that nigga killed Jay-Z on a song. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But anyway, let's get to Rock Him verse three. Alright, let me fast forward. Alright, let's go. Rakim was just re-establishing that I'm still a top 10 rapper. I'm still nice. And I'm your OG and I shall be respected as the God Allah MC. You heard? But number six comes from a legendary album, I tell you. A legendary album. Um, I believe it was it was definitely on Paid in Full. Yes, Eric B. and Rakim paid in full. I think that was 1987. No, yeah, 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 it was 87. All right, this is the first verse, so I ain't got to fast forward that shit. I be hating that shit. You know, I like when I could just go right to the motherfucker. But yes, number six, I know you got soul. Verse one, let's go. Everybody everybody know this verse, at least. A majority of people know if you was just like, if you really into rap and not... 
I'm not going to say people born after 2000 because that's not fair. Some of those kids actually go back and research. I'm just saying. I got to give y'all some credit. But not all the credit, of course, because most people don't give a fuck. was that prime Rakim right there and now we're already into the top five Rakim verses ever in my opinion of course but number five <laughs> yeah man I believe that this is the first song Rakim ever released I'm hoping I'm right but then again I don't know I don't know when um this song came out I don't know what came out first paid in full or this record right here I don't remember because, you know, I was born in 89, so the old heads know when these motherfuckers came out and shit. You know, I was a little bit late to the party, to the Rock Him party, but not too late. Because when I used to watch interviews of, like, Dre, Snoop, Corrupt, and all these other real MCs and shit, like, you know, and then the New York rappers and shit, Rock Him was on every one of their lists. And I'm like, what the fuck is a Rock Him? Let me go get that shit. I need to get something by Rock Him. Then I heard paid in full, and that was like a crack. That was like a crack pipe being lit for the first time. <laughs> but anyway, number five, I'm going to go with I Ain't No Joke, verse number one. We all know this verse. That's one of the verses in hip-hop history you should know. Not word for word, but you know it when you hear it. To let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm gonna make sure it's broke. When I'm going, I want this song. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder. Damn, but think about a thing you understand. I'm just an addict, addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm, I hook a beat up, convert it into hip hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in. Deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild if you wanna be tame. I treat you like a child. Then you're gonna be named Another enemy Not even a friend of me Cause you'll get fried in the end When you pretend to be competing Cause I just put your mind on pause And I complete when You compare my mind with yours I look you up and ask to stare on your face You seem stunned Remember me The one you got your idea from But soon you start to suffer But you wanna get rougher When you start to stutter That's when you had enough of Fighting it'll make you choke You can't provoke You can't cope You should've broke Because I ain't no joke Joke yeah, man, this is just prime rock him, dude. You know what I'm saying? 87 rock him. You know what I'm talking about? That fucking Long Island invasion with rock him and EPMD and shit. But anyway, man, number four, 
this is something that, of course, everybody should know for sure. Even the young ones, especially if you watch the movie that the sound, the song from the soundtrack is from. But um, this was uh, released in 1991 on the Juice soundtrack. No, 1992 on the Juice soundtrack. Um, the song is called Know the Ledge, and it's the first verse. Thank God. <laughs> I ain't got to fast forward. But yes, the number four all-time rock hymn verse, for me at least. I don't know about anybody else's. Know the Ledge, the first verse. Let's go. Everybody should know Know the Ledge by now, you know what I'm saying? And the crazy part is, you know, I think this was the first time that Rakim ever really cussed on a record for real. I mean, he just said nigga, though. He ain't never say fuck shit or bitch or ass or no shit like that until, like, the millennium. You know, when he released the 18th letter, he cursed a little bit more. But, um, you know what I'm saying? His earlier work, that nigga did not cuss at all, bruh. That's what another avenue that makes him even more great you know because you know rap is a art form and rap is free expression and a lot of you know profanities you know what i'm saying a lot of lace profanities come out in music you know what i'm saying because of how you felt at the time but rakim was just a different dude he wanted to show that he was nice and he was a wordsmith and you know that he don't even necessarily need to cuss. But, I mean, sometimes he did. Especially on this next verse. Um, number three. This was released in 2002, I believe. Or was it? Yeah, it was 02. Rakim had just signed a deal with Dr. Dre and Aftermath. Even though things didn't work out and the album didn't formulate. He did make an appearance on Aftermath Artists' uh, Truth Hurts song called addictive and he had the last verse and this was a big huge single but unfortunately due to copyright infringement and and um not getting the sample fully cleared truth hurts never really made any money off of addictive and that's a crime within itself the person who basically owns the sample i think they got like 85 maybe 90 percent of that record And then DJ Quick and Truth Hurts had to split the rest of it. <laughs> Ain't that some shit? But anyway, the number three Rock Him all time verse is his verse on Rock, his verse on Addictive. <laughs> Enjoy 
Man, when I heard that verse, I was excited as fuck. I was like, oh, yeah, Dre and and Rock Kim. This is going to be the greatest album in history, nigga. But unfortunately, you know, as many of Aftermath situations go, nothing really worked out because, you know, Aftermath had a roster at that time. They had Eve. They had Busta Rhymes. They had Rock Kim. They had Truth Hurts. They had Joel Ortiz. You know, they had 50 Cent. They had, man, that was a that was a hell of a roster that Dr. Dre had on him. But, you know, obviously, when something pops off, Dre likes to only focus on that one particular theme. Oh, you can't forget Eminem. <laughs> Eminem was Aftermath, too. Can't forget about him. Duh. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, yeah, that Addictive Verse was crazy. It got me excited. Now, number two is an all-time great song. It's definitely, probably, arguably, I mean, arguably, one of the 10 best hip-hop songs ever done, maybe 15. But um, this song is just very important. And um, the song I'm talking about is Paid in Full. And it's obviously, Paid in Full is only one verse and a bunch of talking in the beat. So I'm just going to play it. I'm just going to play the classic verse. And you're welcome to sing it along Welcome to sing along to it at home. Yo, Rockin', what's up? Yo, I'm doing the knowledge, E, man. I'm trying to get paid in full. Well, check this out. Since Norby Waltz is our agency, right? True. Karen Lewis is our agent. Word up. Zakia and Fourth and Broadway is our record company. Indeed. Okay, so who we rolling with then? We rolling with Rush. Our Rush Town Management. So check this out. Since we talking over this deaf beat right here that I put together, I want to hear some of those deaf rhymes. You know what I'm saying? And together, we can get paid and paid and paid understand how important this verse was i mean then when rakim just first came out you never heard of a rapper like that because everybody was you know everybody was rapping like motherfucking melly mel and shit everybody was yelling you know run dmc and shit was yelling Rakim and EPMD just came through the game and they was just smooth, laid back and talked a whole lot of shit, but they were smooth with it. They was laid back with it and you could just talk, you know what I'm saying? You can, you can, you can come through with a smooth tone and, 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 and rap that way. 
But number one, I know this record was probably for Detox. And of course, as usual, Dr. Dre was taking too fucking long to put Detox out, of course. But listen, dog, when I heard this verse, let me tell you something, man. I was like, God damn. Rakim was really that nigga. Rakim was really fucking problematic. In and out of his prime. You know how some people say, you know, um... Yeah, man. You know how some people like taper off during their prime and get worse throughout their prime. Well, um, <laughs> this nigga proved on the number one verse that Rakim ever spit that he is one of the greatest. And the song I'm talking about is Jay-Z, The Watcher 2, which also features Truth Hurts. It just seems like when he was alongside Truth Hurts, it brought the best out of Rakim. And Dr. Dre, of course, had a verse because the original Watcher was Dr. Dre. So I'm going to give you the number one Rakim verse of all time, The Watcher 2. It's like fucking why did he do that? <laughs> I would have been mad as hell if I was Jay-Z because Jay-Z had a tough verse. It was, that nigga said what I wrote is be the illest shit in the game. Word to the hyphen in my name. J-A-Y dash hopper the past present nigga the future proper like Dr. Dre had a verse on him too, but it was that goddamn Rakim, man. <laughs> he caught bodies on that bitch, bro. But anyway, man, that is my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed this edition of, of 10 Verses, and I'm out.